You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking rates and lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Rico Muhammad, and this is the Rates and Lanes podcast coming to you from Atlanta, GA tonight. Um, going to get over into a few things here in just a second. Want to apologize for the little hiatus. Had a bunch of things that was coming up last week of all things. My phone just decided that it just wanted to take a nap and didn't want to come back on. But uh, thanks to the good folks over at Apple, we got it straightened out and we got us a new one. And hopefully we won't have any issues tonight. But without any further ado, let's jump over into this week's uh, specialty crop truck rate report from the USDA. Got a little bit of movement on this week's report. There are a couple of areas that might be uh, advantageous to take care of, to take advantage of if you're working on that spot market. Uh, right now, we have one area, uh, Mexico crossing through Nogales, Arizona. That is the only area that is showing an outright shortage of trucks in that area compared in comparison to the loads that are available. That, once again, is Mexico crossing through Nogales, Arizona. Uh, other areas that are showing some uh, opportunities to be taken advantage of, central and western Arizona. Central San Joaquin Valley, California, Kern District, California, Oxnard District, California, Salinas Watsonville, California, Santa Maria, California, Aristotle County, Maine, and Eastern North Carolina. All of those areas that I just listed off are areas that are being reported showing that they have slight shortages of trucks in comparison to loads that are available in those areas. Every other area on the report is reporting that they have an adequate supply of, of uh, trucks in that area. So moving right along, jumping over into this week's DAT trend lines report, uh, there's often a lull following the end of Q1, but spot market rates for vans reefers and flatbeds roared in the first week of April compared to March averages. Last week was the first week in which trucks would be placed out of service for not having an ELD, and load-to-truck ratios rose for vans, reefers, and flatbeds, indicating tight truckload capacity. The flatbed ratio hit an all-time high of 111 loads per truck last week. Let's take a deeper dive and deeper look, and let's jump into this thing. Let's see how um, the U.S. van, dry van, demand and capacity portion of this week's DAT report shakes out. Van load postings increased by 1%, while truck postings declined by 2%. That caused the van load-to-truck ratio to increase by 3%, jumping up to 7.4 loads per truck, the national average van rate gained $0.09. Cents. Taking a look back historically, the van load-to-truck ratio dipped slightly in March compared to February, but it is still well above normal for this time of year. Van load 
low postings increased by 14 in March compared to February, but truck postings increased 15%. As a result, the March load-to-truck ratio declined by 2%, dropping down to 6.9 van loads per truck. The March ratio was 116% higher than it was at this exact same time of March of 2017. Uh, let's take a look to see how the U.S. drive van rates were performing over the course of the following week of April 1st through the 7th. While there is unusually, well, excuse me, while there is usually a lull following the end of Q1, pent-up demand spilled over into the first week of Q2. The national average van rate rose to $2.24 per mile on average. That's nine cents higher than the March average. The load-to-truck ratio for vans also moved higher. Taking a look back historically, the national average van rate for March was $2.50 per mile, up three cents from February. That's the second highest monthly average surpassed only by a record high of $2.24 per mile in January of 2018. Last month's rate was 52 cents higher than the average rate of March of 2017 of the same time. There also the uh, national average fuel price showing it moved up three cents, an average of three dollars and four cents per gallon. Taking a look around the country, uh, breaking it down by portions of the United States, starting out in the east, the northeastern portion of the United States. Coming out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, drive-in, spot market drive-in rates show $2.28 per mile. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, we have Atlanta, Georgia, showing an average of $2.47 per mile. Moving up into the Midwest, Chicago, Illinois, shows drive-in spot market rates at $2.60 per mile. Dropping down into the south-central portion of the United States, Dallas, Texas, showing an average of $2.11 per mile. And wrapping up the west coast, Los Angeles, California, showing an average spot market rate of $2.36 per mile. That, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up the portion for dry vans. Let's jump over and see how the flatbed national demand and capacity was performing over the week of April 1st through the 7th. Flatbed load postings increased by 6% and truck posts declined by 3%. That caused the load-to-truck ratio to increase 9% to 111 loads per truck, the highest weekly load-to-truck ratio ever recorded in DAT Trendline's history for any equipment type. The national average flatbed rate also moved higher. Uh, with a supply and demand ratio hitting like that, it, the, the, it had no other choice but to go higher. Compared to February flatbed low postings, excuse me, this is the historical portion of the flatbed uh, report. Compared to February, flatbed low postings rose 41% in March while truck posts increased by 3%. That boosted the load-to-truck ratio by 37% compared to the previous month at 90.8 loads per truck. The ratio was 148% higher than in March of 2017. Let's take a look and see how those rates were performing. 
for flatbeds. If I can get my technology to cooperate with us. Ah, there we go. The national average flatbed rate climbed to $2.63 per mile. That's 10 cents higher than the March average and the highest flatbed rate ever recorded in BAT trend lines history. Capacity in flatbed market remains extremely tight as the load to truck ratio for flatbeds surged to 111 loads per truck. Another record. So... Historically, compared to February, the national average flatbed rate in March increased 16 cents to $2.53 per mile. Flatbed rates are 50 cents higher than they were in March of 2017. Taking a look around the country, starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States, Harrisburg, PA, showing average spot market rates for flatbeds at $4.02 per mile. That leaves the country. Moving down into the southeastern portion of the United States, we have Atlanta, Georgia checking in, showing an average spot market rate for flatbeds at $3.10 per mile. Moving up into the Midwest, Rock Island, Illinois, showing an average of $3.61 per mile on average for flatbeds. Moving down into the south central portion of the United States, Houston, Texas checks in, showing an average spot market of $2.90 per mile. Wrapping up the report coming out of the West Coast, Phoenix, Arizona, showing an average spot market rate for flatbeds at $1.88 per mile. That wraps up this portion of the flatbed report. Let's move over and check the National Reefer Demand and Capacity Report for the previous week. Reefer load post held steady while truck posts declined by 5%. That caused the national load to truck ratio for reefers to increase 6% from 10.4 to 11 loads per truck. The national average reefer rate also increased. Taking a look back historically in March, reefer load postings increased 23%, while truck posts added 15% compared to February. That caused the load-to-truck ratio to rise 7% to 10.5 loads per truck. The ratio was 68%. Uh, the ratio was up 68% compared to March of 2017. Let's take a look and see how those rates were performing for reefers over the previous week. Steady during the month of March, the national average reefer rate increased $0.08 cents to $2.48 per mile. The national load-to-truck ratio for reefers also moved higher. Taking a look back historically in March, the national average reefer rate was $2.40 per mile. That was one cent lower than the February average compared to March of 2017. The rate is 53 cents higher. Taking a look around the country, starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States, Elizabeth, New Jersey shows an average spot market rate for reefers at $2.24 per mile. Moving down into the south eastern portion of the United States, Lakeland, Florida, checks in showing an average spot market rate for reefers at $1.78 per mile. Green Bay, Wisconsin, checks in showing an average spot market rate for reefers at $3.22 per mile. And uh, I see you, Chuck. We, we'll get to you in just a second. 
moving down into the south central portion of the United States, we got McAllen, Texas, showing an average spot market rate of two dollars and forty-nine cents per mile. And moving over, to, coming out of the west coast, Fresno, California, showing an average spot market rate of three dollars and two dollars and thirty-five cents. <laughs> $2.35 coming out of Fresno, California. That wraps up this week's DAT Trend Lines report. Let's see here. I was going to try to get over here and get the uh, get the uh, bad broker report going for you guys. Yes, and here we go. Uh, get your pen and paper ready for the bad broker report. Uh, we're going to start off with a Bonita Truck Brokers Inc. Their DOT number is two 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 three zero six two. MC number is three one seven 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 one. FMCSA shows that the trust fund canceled. They have over $128,000 in non-payment complaints that have been reported. Southeast Service Transportation and Carriers, LLC, their DOT number is 22425. Their MC number is 685019. FMCSA show surety bond is canceled on 2018 they have over $256,000 in non-payment complaints that have been reported. Old Town Brokerage, Inc., MC number is 567053. FMCSA shows that the trust fund is set for cancellation on 411, actually today, 41118. Over $116,000 in active non-payment complaints have been reported. Blue Thunder Truck Brokerage, Inc., Blue Thunder Cartage, Inc., their DOT number is 221-5463. MC number is 247-270. They have over $24,000 in non-payment complaints that have been reported. Zion Metals, Inc., this is a shipper. Zion is spelled Z-A-Y-A-N. Metals Inc. They're out of Houston, Texas. They have over $32,000 in non-payment complaints that have been reported. Highway One Logistics Inc. Their MC number is 545342. FMCSA shows surety bond is set for cancellation on 5618. They have over $62,000 in non-payment complaints that have been reported. R and Company Holdings, Inc. Their MC number is 545-342. FMCSA shows surety bond is set to cancel on 4-2018. They have over $180,000 in non-payment complaints that have been reported. Uh, Silk Road TransLink, Inc. That MC number is 316-189. They have over $15,000 in non-payment complaints that have been reported. Uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this portion 
of the bad broker report. Let's see if we can grab. We supposed to have Chuck Snow up and on board with us, uh, and I'm trying to find you, Chuck. Chuck, if you don't mind, press number one again for me. Let me see if I can find you in the lexicon of all the numbers that we have here. Okay, bear with me just a second, ladies and gentlemen. Let me see. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties. I'm going to try it. There we go. Chuck, is that you? That's me, Rico. All right, I found you. I was uh, looking for you here. <laughs> Look for the short guy with the bald head. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing this evening? We're doing well. How about you? Oh, we can't complain. We on the right side of the dirt, and 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 the good Lord let us open our eyes this morning. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be uh, positive about everything. That's the way to be. So. We got a little bit of catching up to do. Uh, actually, a lot of catching yeah, up to do. Um, <laughs> as 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 reported, uh, last week was the first week that they were going to start to enforce the ELD mandate. Uh, they were doing a soft enforcement up until this point. Um, and also, you got a chance to go down. I didn't get a chance. I, something always seems to come up right around the time that match happens, and I, I don't I don't get a chance to get up there to Louisville to, to catch the show. So, you know, you kind of going to be our eyes and ears and, and kind of give us an update on as far as what all the activities and what all transpired while you were up in Louisville. And, and I guess we'll circle back around and talk about the ELD thing in, in, after we get done with that one. Well, uh, I went down to Louisville with a specific reason to meet new carriers and also to meet existing carriers. So we had a booth this year. This is our first year as an exhibitor at MAPS. Now, I've been there probably about five or seven times through the years, and uh, this, this was a whole different experience being an exhibitor because I really didn't get a chance to walk around the show hardly. We were busy. Um, great turnout. I think we put our booth in a good location. Our location was uh, it was in the, uh, the hall right by our friends from Pittsburgh Power. So we were right next to them. Uh, there was an aisle separating us, so we were next to the rock stars and met lots oh. of great people, met lots of people from our show that listen to uh, the Raking Lanes podcast every week. And that was so nice to meet them. And I uh, got my picture taken with some of them and posted some of them on my Instagram. Uh, for those of you that follow Instagram, my hashtag is Chuck Snow CEO. So some of you folks that were there and got your picture taken, you can uh, go on Instagram and take a look and you can see yourself on there. But overall, the show, with a, it was a roaring success. Signed up a whole bunch of new carriers and met a bunch of existing carriers. I got to tell you, it makes me really proud when somebody walks by and they stop and they go, traffic, we load for you guys all the time. And they work out of our, you know, they're either working with one of our offices. Usually it's our Chicago or our, or our Dallas office. And before I forget, Rico, something I want to share with you and our readers that I'm really proud of. You know, when you and I, you invited me to come on this show with you 
every month or twice a month as a co-host. We didn't have any U.S. offices, and at that time, we just had the one office in Milton, Ontario. And now we have uh, we have an office in Dallas and our new office in Chicago, which is just spectacular. Um, I'll have to put I'll have to get down there to take some pictures and throw it on Instagram. But uh, we also have an office in Montreal, as I've mentioned, one in Oakville, Ontario, one in downtown Toronto. Um, and Milton. So we're, we've got six offices. Now that has caused uh, a huge amount of growth, which is wonderful. And that put us where we weren't even on the map before. If you look in this week's transport topics, we were number 52 out of the top 136 load brokers in North America. And I'm really proud of that and proud of our people. Wow. Our and our carriers that got us there. Uh, when I saw that Congratulations. the other day, thanks, Rico. When I, I appreciate that. When I saw that the other day, I actually had tears in my eyes. It was a, a real aha moment in my life. So just and another feather in the cap of you guys to show and show that you guys are doing <laughs> that you guys are doing something right. Yeah, we're doing, uh, you know what, uh, growth is always good. It's got to be managed growth. And uh, and we're spending time now getting everything else ready because we've done the growth. And now we really are catching up to, you know, with putting all the other right people on the bus because we, we grew quickly. So we're busy doing that. Uh, our admin team especially, uh, you know, they're doing a lot of catch up and they're doing a great job. Everybody's pitched in and, uh, my God, I came in on Saturday to get something, and my whole administration team was in there cranking out bills and cranking out checks. And uh, I was really, uh, you know, I was thrilled to see everybody just lending an extra hand. You know, you can't do this on your own. You have to have a great team surrounding you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for you guys that are listening in, uh, we got a bunch of callers on the line tonight. If you got a question for either myself or Chuck, if there's anything that we can help out with, you can absolutely go ahead and press the number one, um, and that'll put you in in the call screeners queue. And one of my lovely daughters, uh, I think Manaya, should be handling the phones for us tonight. Uh, we'll try to get you guys screened up and get you up and on board. Chuck, all right, now moving back around, circling back around to the ELD enforcement, yep. you got any uh, – you got any? You got any? Uh, you got a take on any of that information that's coming out about that, or do you have anything that you would like to share? Or what have you guys been experiencing, both as a carrier and as a brokerage? Um, really, Rico, stuff takes longer to do. You don't have that wiggle room that we always had. You, you know, when you're in a traffic jam, you can't, uh, you can't lie about it. It's all, uh, it's all above board. You're totally transparent. Uh, you know, and Shippers need to, in a lot of cases, shippers really need to get their act together. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of them are, but there's some that really aren't. And, you know, when you take uh, six hours to load a truck, you're really messing up the whole system. And in this market, although the, the DAT report didn't quite say how bad it really is, it, it, the market is uh, it's tight. And, you know, drivers will uh, refuse to do work 
for companies that don't respect their time. When companies are supposed to have loaded trailers ready, they need to have them ready because with the EL, these ELDs, nobody has that wiggle room that we used to have. And my best advice to all the lifters and everybody else, don't mess around. Uh, you know, put your you know square holes, square pegs, do it right. Um, there's no wiggle room, and don't think that there is because you can get into a lot of trouble. You know, there was we just had an incident, uh, unfortunately, last week on Friday in Canada here, just outside of Humboldt, Saskatchewan. I'm sure you heard about it where now it's 16 people are dead due to a truck bus crash, and the bus was loaded with hockey players. Now, in Alberta, oh, they man. have a law where when you have a serious fatality, and this is obviously serious with now 16 people perish, uh, they automatically authority or safety certificate until investigations are finished, which the preliminary investigations only take a few days. But I hope for God's sake that that driver that was driving that truck I hope that he had, now in this case it's Canada, I don't know whether he had an ELD or a paper log, but I certainly hope that he was up to date and his status was proper, that he hadn't fudged anything, and I certainly hope that when they do check, if they are able to check brakes, that nothing is out of adjustment. It sounds like in this case uh, a possibility where it was one of those awful corners because it was the same intersection where a family of six had perished about 20 years ago. So, uh, and allegedly it's a bad corner, but what I'm getting at for our listeners is we don't know what can happen to us. And even if it's not your fault and you're, you've driven too many hours, all of a sudden it becomes your fault. And, as we all know, this world, unfortunately, is full of greedy lawyers trying to take us down. And don't give them a chance, people. Please, uh, do it right. Check your stuff. Check your brakes. Check your lights. Um, do it all proper. Make sure, for God's sake, that you, you take the time to do it. And make sure that if you're, you know, you, we're all running ELDs in the state, run legal. That's all I can tell you, you know, and we're going to have to get used to this new way of doing business. It's the way it is. And I got to tell you, on a positive note, what we saw in Louisville, Kentucky at our booth, we saw people that were busy as hell and they were making money. I didn't hear one person say they weren't busy or they weren't making money. So that's a good sign. I don't think these ELDs are all as bad as some people make them out to be. You just have to sometimes think different. You can't think the way you did a year or two ago. You've got to put yourself into a different mindset. And, and this is where you, it really takes your talent um, as a business person, as a truck operator, as an experienced truck owner, as a driver, is to figure out how, it, how to make it work. And if you can figure out how to make this thing work and make money, uh, you're going to do well. Absolutely. you got to be a problem solver. 
Well, we got a we got a few people that got their hands raised real quick. Uh, Chuck, let's go and take a couple of calls. Let's go and grab Rusty. Rusty, you up and on board with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, I just wanted to let all the drivers know that you've got to log everything, and that includes doing your paperwork and anything that can be tracked back to an IP address you send an email from because uh, I know a guy right now who's fighting uh, 15 years in jail for uh, doing his billing and not logging it. So be careful that you log all the time you do a billing and be careful that you log all the time that you answer the phone. Because he's hung up right now on 168 violations of answering business phone calls and not logging it. So uh, they can go back. They went back to his record six months. So be careful on that. But my question was, is how do I go about putting uh, my truck on a load board and getting brokers to call me about loads that stay here in Arizona as I don't have an MC number? Everybody calls me about loads that go out of state. Uh, that's a good question. Rusty, my best, my best advice to you is phone some of the good local brokers in Arizona. Don't worry about the phone the brokers. Introduce yourself. If you're, you know, if you're near a big town like Phoenix, uh, go and see them. Make appointments and go and see them. It shouldn't be that hard to find. There must be freight moving around intrastate in Arizona. And Rusty, to just further something you you said uh, about your friend that's facing possibly 15 years in prison. When you're doing work on your truck, if you're an owner-operator and you're doing work on your truck, even when you're washing your truck, you've got to log that time you are on duty. And it's my understanding that in the U.S., if you are farming, you've got to log that time on because a lot of truckers are farmers and farmers are truckers. I know myself when I do keep a logbook because, first of all, I'm still under the – I never go over the 2,000 miles a week, nowhere even near it, and I go out and do road tests, and um, I keep a logbook at my desk, and even if I don't get in a truck for a whole week, I just put office work all day, and that way I'm covered. And when I travel, even when I go on a plane and I fly to Chicago, I log that just in case if I'm in Chicago and one of my guys got sick, I've got a logbook with me. I can get into his truck. I can drive it. So it's really important. And our whole lives are transparent, as Rusty outlined in, in what he was saying. They can tell by your phone bills. They can tell by everything you do. Big Brother is watching. Get used to it, kids. It's just the way it is. Yes, yeah, an unfortunate uh, example of the big, brave world that we live in, uh, the, 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 the new paradigm. And that's why um, you have to be conscious of making sure that you are getting paid, but you should be getting paid. Gone or the, I, I think that the ELDs help and some portions make the rates go up. But then I, I start to see a little bit of, of the rates coming back down to earth. And not saying that we got to be price gouging or nothing like that. But you got to make sure that you're getting, uh, when, you're, when you're negotiating and when you're booking loads, 
you got to make sure that you are not cheating yourself. You got to be fair to yourself and make sure that you are getting a good rate for everything that's, that's involved with, with the work that you're going to be doing. 100%. Uh-oh, Chuck. Is that real? Okay, that, that was a little bit better. Like, sounded like we were going, we were getting a, a little rough area. I needed to ask Rusty, was there, did he have a follow-up? Did you, did you have a follow-up on that there, Rusty? No, not really. Yeah, I'm just, I've got it. I've got pretty much down most of the brokers here in the Phoenix area. I've been doing this for five years, so I'm just trying to find better paying freight. So, um, yeah, we're based here in the Phoenix area, so it's it's just a matter of finding uh, what type of what type of equipment do you have? Uh, I own a flatbed and a dry van, and I routinely rent uh, the reefer and the. Uh, a drive in with a lift gate if needed. Okay, okay. Well, providing providing that you're looking to try to stay local as well, it may be an opportunity, especially with those different types of equipment. And if you got more than one, if you got more than one trailer, uh, you, you might be an opportunity to go ahead and just go direct as well. You might be able to cultivate your relationship with someone to do some stuff direct. And if you had Two trailers that may be a drop and hook. You know, you might be able to do a uh, do a drop and hook type deal um, with one of those potential customers as well. So it, right now, I know that a lot of a lot of smaller shippers are desperately looking for capacity. Um, and and you know, the, the only thing about dealing with shippers is like we just talked about on the bad broker report. You do expose yourself a little bit. When you're dealing with a shipper, you got to make sure that they that you're dealing with someone that's going to pay their bills on time and that they, you know, uh, kind of are, are reputable about paying their bills. And I wouldn't give I wouldn't give them a whole lot of uh, a, a lot of leg room. Most of the times when you're dealing with directs, you don't have to go out 30 days anyway. You you most of the times you can get those you can put those on a on a on a 10 or 15 day pay uh, and, and they and they don't have a, they don't necessarily have a, a too big of a problem with that. Hold on, Rico, a second there. You gotta remind everybody that broke a bond is worthless. Anybody who picks up a load in state and delivers it in the same state, you can take that broke a bond and stick it sideways because it ain't it ain't worth nothing. Because I've already tried to file on a bond, and a bond is only good for loads that cross state lines. So, all the new brokers, all new, you gotta you gotta be careful about that because it don't matter who it is, TQL, any of the big boys out there. It don't matter how big your bond is, it's worthless to me because I can't file on it. And neither can anybody file on any bond that I've ever heard of on a load that picks up in California, delivers in California, whatever. As long as it don't cross state lines, that bond is absolutely no good to anybody. So hmm. that's my opinion. That's, that's, that's a new one on me. I'm going to have to write that one down for Hank. Yeah, because it's a... It's a it's a federal motor carrier bond is what from what I understand and that's uh, I've already tried to file on it before and that's what OIDA told me and uh, a couple other places told me the same thing the bond company I was trying to file on they said sorry you out of luck it's just that's in state freight for you so just gotta keep that in okay mind well it, if if that's the case then I would imagine that you still would have recourse back to the shipper. Even if it, well, even if it being even by it being a, even by it being a brokered load, 
it seemed like you would have recourse back to the shipper. If the shipper will pay you. I mean, it's, I'm at the point now where I'm owed $8,000 on a handful of loads, and uh, the shipper's telling me he paid the, the broker and, you know, go back to see the broker. And so, I mean, at this point, I'm. I, it's been such a small amount each one of the loads were that I'm I'm going to small claims court in another week or so to state claim to 12 or 14 loads I think there is so I mean it's it's what you yeah I'd be interested in hearing a follow-up on that Rusty I'd be interested in hearing a follow-up I'm I'm gonna definitely uh shoot that shoot that by Hank uh because I don't think you can have it both ways I don't think you. I don't think that they can have it both ways. Where they, they okay, they, they're insulated by it being. Uh, they, they don't have to pay because it's intrastate, and then turn around and then the shipper. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm pretty sure that there's some kind of way that you can you can pierce that contract or whatever to have some type of recourse to get paid for the work that you've done. It may take. It may take a little lead work on your on your behalf, but um, you know that that yeah. that kind of. I, I hate I hate to hear stuff like that because I you know uh, when people out here trying to make an honest living it, that that's uh, that's very that's very unfortunate. Yeah, hey, and you also are posting. Uh, you just talked a whole bunch about lanes and rates and everything. I'd like to also point out that those those rates that are being put out there are by substandard carriers. And the reason why I say that is because. All the information that I have gathered, have been able to find from PAT, ITS, any of the load boards, all the information they're getting are all from factoring companies. And I that's don't right. know of a. I no, don't that's know that's, a that's not correct. Okay. That's not correct. How, where else? Where, where are they else getting do they get it from their information? Rico? No, they they're getting uh, actually actually uh, DATs DATs information actually comes from. The, the the way that they vet their information is that they have uh, as part of as part of their agreement they have a they have certain people that participate in their in, in their um, rate information and what they have to do is they have to show actual uh, rate confirmations it's not it's not through factoring because they have to go through go through actual actual transactions that transpire. Okay, well I posted the question. On several of the Facebook pages that Kevin Rutherford and y'all are, are affiliated with, and not one person came back and said that they had ever filled out any of that information. I've been in business five years; nobody has ever contacted me. So that's the information I got from yeah. ICS and from DAT was is that that was all factoring information is how they got that information. And I say we those don't. carriers are substandard, and the reason why I say that is because. If I've got a billion dollars, even a hundred thousand dollars in my pocket, there's no reason why I'm going to go factor a load and pay three percent or whatever the percentage is. Get one percent. Those are all substandard carriers that are, are well, hard but, up for cash or are growing too fast. Are, Rusty, Rusty, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, um, I I do agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, as far as I know, that information does come from factoring companies. You're right about that. Um, I wouldn't go as far as to say substandard because it's very, very difficult for an awful lot of carriers to operate their business and get um, bank lines in order to uh, finance their businesses. So they go to factoring companies. Now, 
there's pros and cons about factoring companies, and we deal with them all the time, and there's some real slimy ones, and there's some really good ones. And there's some carriers out there that I'm very surprised deal with factoring companies, but it turns out that those factoring companies give those carriers a pretty good blanket rate uh, of interest, and it's, it's a little bit more expensive than traditional financing that they would get from a bank, but it's not the uh, 3 and 5% a month, which is ludicrous, and you really can't afford to run your business when you're paying anywhere from 3 to 5%. There's rates out there, believe it or not, for some of these carriers, and they're getting uh, 1.5% interest rate per month, which is still high. Um, you know, it's 18% a year, and it's a good portion of their annual earnings that they pay, but it's a hell of a lot better than 60%. So I wouldn't say they're substandard. Um, I do want to say that very little great freight goes on load boards. There is, especially in this spot market, there is freight that ends up on load boards. But as a rule, given to carriers off the load boards, because the the brokers know that um, that Rusty runs from Chandler to Phoenix. They're not going to post it on a board because they know Rusty. Um, you know, they know that company uh, ABC runs from Buffalo to New Jersey. They don't put it on a load board because they're giving work to company C all the time. And those are the ones that never see the load boards. So it's not all the information. And a lot of that freight is people have been tying up capacity. That's something I really walked, you know, that was one of the big takeaways from going to Louisville and having that booth was there is so much freight right now that is tied up. Um, And the big word I got from people attending that show was I got all the freight I can handle right now. I don't need any more. I'm too busy because whether it's brokers tying up those trucks directly or whether it's um, shippers tying up those trucks directly, people have gone out and seek capacity, and a lot of times they've paid extra in order to get that commitment on that capacity. So, you know, you're, you're only partially right there. Not all those companies are substandard. Uh, lots of those rates are lower than what the, the average is. I am sure. And then there's all the deals like people like us make. And I know that C.H. Uh, Robinson and Coyote, and they all make them where they do quick pays. And we bypass the factoring company a lot of times. And we pay the carrier um, separately. Uh, and the carrier doesn't assign our bills to the factoring company. We do those deals as well as does C.H. and Coyote and a whole bunch of the other ones. So there's all sorts of deals out there. So the, and you also have to remember that a lot of times those, uh, that trim line reports, they're a, you know, it's just telling us trends. Um, it's not saying what the freight rate is today. It's saying what the freight what rate was a few days ago. Things change in our business. Um, you know, the first truckloads out of Florida, for example, the first truckloads of melons every year, they pay huge money. And then everybody hears that the melons are paying really well out of Florida and they position trucks down there. And then there's more trucks than there is melons. 
And that's been happening for the 40, almost 44 years I've been in this business. So this business is kind of weird that way. Right, right. And I'm have to get uh rest I have to get back which I wanna I'm interested to hear uh follow up on those on those uh situations that you was talking about, Rusty. So definitely call back in with us, uh and follow back up with us and uh I'm gonna run those other situations by Hank as well. I'm gonna move on real quickly. We got uh time is pressing on us. We got Kimberly calling in. Kimberly, you on board with uh Rico and Chuck, how can we help? Yes. Hi, Rico. How are you doing? I just wanted to um, well, call yourself? in and say uh, I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. I just wanted to call in and echo and concur with what Rusty was saying regarding um, the bond is worthless on those interest rate runs. We just recently did a, a claim against Pinnacle, and that's what they told us because it was a, an interest rate run. They won't pay. They, they won't pay out on the bond. It was for detention, for a lot of hours of detention, and they would not um, pay out on that bond because it was an interstate load here. Yeah, yeah. now you you can't you cannot collect detention on a bond. I know that I know that portion. They will not pay you detention on a bond. Detention detention okay. is that that's uh, that's that that's a little bit different than actually moving a load. Now, uh, okay. with with the detention with the detention fees trying to file that on the bond, you're gonna you're gonna really really catch problems with doing that. The the best strategy that I think that I could probably advise you on when you're trying to collect detention, and it's 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 a little bit of a tough one, but if you've got that load, do not uh, in, invoice the load, but do not give, do not send it to your POD. Hold on to your PODs okay. until you get an updated rate. Until you get an updated rate confirmation, because that broker okay. needs that POD in order to bill his customer. But make right, make sure that right. you got that you got some kind of that you got some kind of agreement between you and that broker that uh, that detention is part of the deal and that you negotiate that and that you get that updated and rate confirmation and you get that in writing. That's the on, that's going to okay. be your best protection against that. Uh, Chuck, you got any advice on that as well? No, I think you, uh, I think you said it perfectly, buddy. Well, Rico, you know what we've yeah. been doing? Like, uh, we have a grocery here, ATB, and you're going to sit there six to eight hours to get unloaded. So what we do, we already know you're not going to pay detention. So when we're booking the load, we ask for the detention up front. You know, within the load, we negotiate the detention on the front, the front end of it. That's one way to do it, but then if if I mean, what happens if you? Uh, I I don't know if you if you're fine with taking the risk of, you know, if you're having to sit there and, and having to lay over for an, and a, a whole another shift. Um, if you're getting no, we, enough we, in there, that, that, I mean, that's that's one strategy to do it. But you could well, you could maybe. end up sometimes. I know at some <laughs> of these grocery warehouses, you could maybe be there 18 hours. Uh, no. They, they haven't kept us there that long. The longest we've ever been there is eight hours, so we figure in like six to eight hours of detention and then negotiate that, and we've been successful getting that from the grocer. And sometimes we leave early. Um, most of the times we're there right at that time. That way we've already got, you know, we've already got our detention built in. So that's what we started doing after the incident with, with Pentecost. 
Absolutely. It definitely helps when you know where you're going to and you know what you're going to be facing to kind of have some type right. of idea on how to build it. But, yeah, if you run with that detention piece, hold on to that. Hold on to your PODs because that broker needs that POD to get paid as well. So hold on to, okay. hold on to that until you can get that rate confirmation. Okay, thank you for that advice. Thank you. Not, not a problem. Thank you. Bye-bye. And let's let's go and move on. Let's go and grab Max really quickly. Max, you're up and on board with Rico and Chuck. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Say, uh, Hi. Great show today. Good afternoon. Basically wanted to confirm everything you guys are saying there. Uh, <clears throat> the last caller, one good uh, new technology... I haven't used it personally, but I've heard about it. Is Doc 411? Yes, it's an app, and it'll you, people are logging information about places that hold you up. Um, really? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what all you do, Rico. I know you're on Reaper, but you ever been to a CNS warehouse? The ones down here in Florida? <laughs> <laughs> Eight hours? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be a good day. <laughs> so. Yeah, and the, and the same could be said for Kroger here in Atlanta. <laughs> yep. Guys, 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 don't be saying names out there. Yet. I don't want anybody to get sued, okay? <laughs> but, yeah, that's, you know, when you get a rate confirmation and once you have the either shipper or receiver, look at that doc phone one. I haven't personally used it, so I can't give you experience, but that's a negotiation tool that hey, that shipper has a record of being extremely slow and, you know, make sure you get that in the rate confirmation about detention. Doc 411, I'm downloading that right yeah. now as we speak. Yeah, it, it works. I've looked at it. Uh, Max, can I just say something? I, I'm always preaching to you guys and girls that it's really important, especially in this market, because your hours aren't what they used to be, and there's no wiggle room, and you don't want to be sitting at anybody's dock for eight hours when you're on the clock. So the best way to run your business is try to get that familiarity with where you're going by go- doing the same thing all the time. It's not real exciting. It's boring, but you make a lot more money, and you can plan your time a lot better. If you, know, if you were going to one of those docks that you know takes an awful lot of time, you can build it into the price, number one. Number two, you can plan your hours so that when you get to one of those docks, maybe you can go to sleep and you can take your 10 hours off at their dock and work it that way so that in some of those docks you can do it. Not all of them, but some of those docks you're able to do that. Um, So it's just a matter of planning your time a lot better and planning your routes a lot better and trying to do the same thing all the time rather than every trip being a new experience. And I think you can be yeah. a lot more successful. Yeah, and that's how I've built my business. I either call it a dumbbell, but I got yep. close to 50% direct customer and really only work with one broker now. And like you were saying earlier, Chuck, I mean, the loads I haul are never on a load board. Yeah, of course, they, because they know, I, they know Max. Yep. Yep. And I had that even on previous routes where, I mean, it would go to the load board every week, and then I hauled it a few times and was emailing when I'm, you know, going to be in that area the next week, and oh, we'll save that load for you. Yeah. Uh, they prefer, you know, brokers prefer not to put things on load boards. Trust me. 
they they want to know that Mac services between Atlanta and Jacksonville or whatever. And call Max, and they'll gladly give it to to you, rather than put on a load board and deal with the the unknown. That's not a lot of fun for a broker. And all of a sudden, that new carrier that they used last week that did a great job doesn't do such a good job this time. But the same guy they use every week, week after week, there's that trust level. And you have the trust in them that they're going to give you the right goods, that they're going to give you the right PO numbers, you know that when you go to pick up, you need a pickup number or you need a PO number. You know when you deliver, you need a, a dock number. You know all that, and it saves a lot of time and aggravation. Yeah, and once you, I mean, not every customer is like this, but I have one that will change appointment days just to be able to meet my schedule. I mean, it might be originally scheduled for a Monday pickup, Thursday delivery, and they can change that to a Tuesday, Friday, no problem. Uh, yeah, we have lots of them like that. Yeah. So, probably running out of time here. All so, right. Uh, let's you guys wrap it up. Thanks, Max. All right, man, we appreciate it. Thanks again for the information. Doc 411, everybody, download that app. Download Doc 411. Let's put Matt back on hold here, and let's try and squeeze one more quick one in. Uh, okay. I think this one popped back up. Uh, Kimberly, is that is that same Kimberly or just a different Kimberly? Hello? Okay, it said it was Kimberly. Kimberly, are you can you hear us? Well maybe not, Chuck. Okay. All right. Well Chuck, you wanna tell the good people how they can get in contact with you? That looked like a different number. That number looks a little familiar. That almost looks like uh George's number. Oh. Let me see. Is that yeah, let's yeah, let's see. Is that you, George? Hey, you there? Ah, oh, that's there. That works. Hello. Yeah, that you, George? Hey, am I there? Yeah, we got you now, George. That's. That, that, I thought that was you. <laughs> no, I, I, I just hopped out of the out of the host queue because I figured it was wrapping up on the end of the show. Listen, I, I've got a huge complaint for you guys. Will you stop telling people? that, you know, the best freight doesn't end up on load boards, please? <laughs> you know, I, I just don't, I don't, I don't even know what to say. I mean, but, you know, I, I wanted to open up and say, well, I just moved two hippos, yes, live hippos from Portland, Oregon to Fort Worth, Texas, and I pulled them off the load board, but I don't think anybody will believe me. But probably nobody will believe me that I deadheaded to Portland and I deadheaded home for Fort Worth. But hey, I'll just live in my little dream world, you know. <laughs> so, but uh, you know, I, I want to address the, the the one comment that Rusty made. You know, we are in business. We are business owners. You know, say whatever somebody wants to say. I tend to work twenty four seven. I wake up in the middle of the night. I have things on my mind. I wake up in the morning. Kim and I may talk about what's going on in the business. For whatever the situation is that his buddy, friend, or acquaintance that he knows, you know what, there's a lot more to that story. Um, I understand some of what you're saying, Chuck, about, you know, on duty, off duty, whatever. I'm sorry. I, I'm not going to go so far to be splitting hairs about every hour that I work or don't work. 
just not going to do that. You know, I totally get where you're coming from, but when I get in the office in the morning, I log on duty. And when I leave at night, I log off duty. And if I get in the truck during the day, I put on duty driving. It's real easy. And I just do it because it keeps it all simple if I have to get into a truck. Now, I'm not in a truck that often anymore, obviously, but I've always done that, and it's kept me out of trouble. Yep. No, I, I, can, I can see where you're coming from. Uh, when you know, I have certainly. a board um, meeting with my wife in the middle of the night because we can't sleep because we're trying to figure out a problem or we have one of us has an idea. When we wake up in the middle of the night and we do this, they're called board meetings. And when we have our board meeting at 2 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock in the morning, I don't log that <laughs> in my logbook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, 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 don't, I don't know what to say. You know, I, I just, I, you know, Rico and I have talked about it. Chuck, you and I have talked about it. I mean, there, yep. there, there's so much great business out there. And trust me, customers. Or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-PUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.